Yeah. Everyone can tell me exactly what they need from me The first second they speak to me I'm not with all the secrecy secretly beefing me Behind closed doors but playing it peacefully For the streets to see my have some decency Don't move like a puto Could at least keep it a buck like answer to Kumbo I made north of the border like Vito Rizzuto Throwing parties in Miami Welcome to the Keeping It A Buck podcast show I'm Jake Weinbach Dalton Sal here with me Milwaukee Bucks writer and we are officially back. We are days away from the NBA season. The Milwaukee Bucks start on the road against the Philadelphia 76ers. Dalton, it was a pretty slow offseason for the Milwaukee Bucks, would you say? What did we learn about the Bucks this summer heading into the season? The one thing I learned was that they feel pretty confident in running it back with the same roster they had last year, plus Joe Ingles. That is my biggest takeaway. Yep, and it just, they're running it back. Simply put, they're running it back. Everyone is basically returning with the addition of Joe Ingles, of course, and our 24th overall pick, Marjan Bochamp. But that's been the common case after losing to the Boston Celtics in the second round last year. Without Chris Middleton, the Bucks feel like they had the roster to win it all last season. And if it wasn't for that one injury, they probably felt like or hoped, and they were confident that they were going to win it all and repeat as NBA champions. So it seems like they have that mindset of we're just going to run it back and try and do the same thing all over again with a very similar roster, an improved roster slightly, but most of all the same. But what were the big key takeaways from the offseason other than just running it back with that mindset? Well, like I said before, I think the big thing was they were pretty content with the roster that they had. You know, I can't really blame them for taking the Boston, taking the Boston Celtics to seven games, even without your second best player out there. And, you know, your starting center who had just come back from back surgery. So I feel like I'm, I was okay that they didn't really splurge on anything. I didn't really expect them to. So I like the Joe Ingles signing. I think he'll be good when he's healthy. That's going to be the big question, of course, is when he when is he going to play? I think he's 30. He'll be 34 by the time 34. he gets back on the floor. So it's, you know, that worries me a little bit, especially because his numbers were, they weren't the greatest even before he got hurt. He was having his least productive season. So he's definitely one of the big wild cards for me because the year we won the title, he was the runner up for six man of the year right. behind Jordan Clarkson. So you know, can we get that version of Joe Ingles? Is that going to be somebody that comes in and helps us? Or is this going to be, you know, a guy, a a 34-year-old coming off an ACL tear, you know? So that was kind of the big thing because I I was curious who the Bucs would spend their 6.9 million. To Emily, yeah. Yeah, I I looked around and Ingles wasn't one of the guys I thought was going to be on there and they did that. So I'm curious to see him on the floor because he is a good fit with the shooting and the playmaking and the ball handling, but I need to see how much he has to give at this point, but I'm cool with it. I'm willing to see where it goes. He's going to be a player that comes in later in the season. There might be some growing pains there because it is going to be such a late addition, but I feel like they're like, Hey, we're going to bring him on for the playoffs. 
we know he's got a lot of experience there, and hopefully he can be a 16-game player for us. I'm with you. When the news first broke out about the signing of Ingles, I thought it was going to be on a veteran minimum deal because he's coming off this really serious injury. And so when I saw that he was signed to the mid-level exception, around $6.4 million, it kind of surprised me. I thought we'd spend that on somebody else, but we'll see. Like you said, he's a wild card. He he fits what we need as a playmaker on the wing that can shoot and it's physical and talks a lot of crap. One of those tough-minded guys that we need. But um, we'll see. His injury is definitely going to be one to watch and his concerns because we don't know which Ingles we're going to get, whether it's the runner-up six-man or if it's just an eight- to ten-minute roll off the bench with the second unit. Um. We don't know how effective he's going to be coming off a very serious injury. So Joe Ingles and Chris Middleton are likely going to be sidelined. Ingles for sure. Chris most likely for the start of the season when the Bucks go to Philly next week. But still, it's not really that big of an issue because the storyline for the Bucks this season is they are deep. They have a very, very deep roster. Maybe the deepest roster that they've ever assembled in franchise history. So what do you make of that and how it can affect this season, whether it's in the regular season or further down in the playoffs? Well, with the Chris injury, I think it's going to open the door for a few guys to get some more minutes. I think, you know, the Bucks showed their belief in Jordan Wara by bringing him back on this deal. It wasn't a huge deal, but it was above the qualifying offer and they spent significant tax money to bring him back. So they definitely signaled that like, hey, we we think you're a useful player, we'll bring you back. So I think with Chris out, they're certainly going to try to use him. And this is his, you know, this is the third year of me saying this, but he's a guy that's got a lot of potential. And when he plays a lot, he shows it. But it's kind of every night you don't know which version of him he's going to get. One night he could come out and score 25 points on, you know, six of eight shooting. But the next night he's going to come out and, score five points on one of six shooting, you know, he hasn't really been able to find that balance. And when he's not scoring, he struggled to do other things. But I remember when last season started, he got a lot of minutes too. He was a staple in the rotation early on Mm -hmm. because we had some injuries. So I think that same thing is going to happen this season. And whether he makes the cut or not, you know, I think he's going to be a great piece for depth just having that wing depth because that was a big problem for us last year so I wasn't mad at re-signing him a lot of people thought we overpaid a little bit gave him an extra year on the deal but I'm not too mad about that just to bring the depth I also think Bochamp I don't know what the situation is going to be like it's tough for rookies to get playing time under Budenholzer but I feel like with Chris out and with Wesley Matthews just turning 36 today I believe they're not going to look to play him heavy minutes so I think they're going to look to get Bochamp involved maybe a little bit. I would like to see it, certainly, because, you know, he had his struggles in the preseason, but that's him getting his feet wet. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say start Bochamp right away, but I'd like to see him get some time. You know, I want to see what he can do at the NBA level. And kind of like Warrior, you know, he's another piece for depth. Even if he doesn't get that significant time, I can be a little at ease because I know if, you know, God forbid if we had another injury like we did last season when Chris went down, we do have that extra piece on the wing of a guy that can come in and 
not replicate what somebody like Chris Middleton brought, but, you know, he could help lessen the blow with his defense or maybe his offense. So I like it. I like what I've seen with the depth. Another is at the point guard position with Javon, George Hill, and Drew Holiday. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was surprised when Javon Carter came back this offseason. I predicted he was going to go somewhere else because I thought during his short stint with the Bucks, he showed enough that a team would like pick him up. And I mm-hmm. thought he wouldn't want to play back with the Bucks for what they did to him. But no, he said, no, I'm, I'm, I want to come back. You know, I want to run it back with you guys and play. And I am extremely excited that he did, especially what I saw in the po- in the preseason. He played great. He His numbers were, you know, outstanding. And I know George Hill had a bad season last year, had a lot of injuries, dealt with a neck issue. I know he didn't get that addressed this offseason, but I guess he got some treatment on it. He looked a lot better in the preseason. And I have I had my George Hill, you know, slander lined up <laughs> night after night last season. But he looked looked a little he looked better in the preseason. He was moving better. His shooting looked very good and it was a small sample size. He didn't shoot a lot, but he looked a lot better. And I think those three could do really good because not only does Boonholzer like his two guard lineups, but this gives you like another another option because there's three of them. And I'm not expecting George Hill to turn back the clock to 2019 to 20 George Hill, but can he be can he be better than he was last year? It wouldn't be hard to be better than he was last year, but if he's got something in the tank that he can turn back the clock a little bit and help us out, I think those three would be huge because that's not a bad trio. And one of the big issues over the past few years that has plagued the Bucks has been the backup point guard position. You know, they cycled through a lot of names. They had Teague in there. They had Augustine in there. They couldn't really find who they wanted. So I feel like with Drew starting and Javon and George Hill off the bench, that's great depth right there compared to what we've had in recent years. So they they do. They do have a lot of depth, and I am excited about that. I am excited to have that depth, unlike last season where depth was a big <laughs> issue. We didn't have enough center depth. We didn't have enough wing depth, and it came back to haunt us. So I'm excited, and I feel better this season heading in. Yeah, I I don't mind George Hill staying with the Bucks and serving as a depth piece but as long as Javon Carter plays more minutes. Listen, I'm a huge believer in Javon Carter. I think he has a breakout season this year as the backup point guard for the Bucks. I just love his bulldog mentality, relentless defense, and I think he's an underrated shooter. I think he fits perfectly within the Bucks system under Budenholzer, and he's just a great culture fit as well. So I wasn't really surprised that he stayed. I think this is the perfect environment for him to excel. And I think he's going to show that this year. Back to Barjan Bochamp, I love the draft pick. Love the draft pick. I didn't like it as much at first, but diving diving deeper into his story, his background, he, he's got a special mentality, a unique mentality that's driven and that wants to be great. And I think he's in the perfect environment as well. A great situation for him is to learn under guys like Chris, Drew, Giannis, Bobby, Bud all these veteran players that the Bucks have, and then that'll set him up for long-term success. To be honest with you, I don't think he's going to have much of an impact this year as a rookie. I think this year will be morning, more of a, a learning curve for him. Honestly, he might even spend time in the G League 
the Bucks might assign him there to get just get more playing time, continue to get his feet wet. But I think this year will be more of a learning for for Bochamp rather than making an impact right away. But further down the road, even starting next season, I think he's going to have a huge impact for this organization moving forward. He's a great talent, really, really solid defensively, and the offense will come. That offense will come, especially when they're backed by veterans. That offense is the biggest question for me. I kind of feel like he's the, he's kind of the anti-Jordan Wara. You know, I know Bochamp's going to play good defense, and I know he can do those little things, but I worry about what he can do on offense, where it's like, he struggled in the preseason. Like I said, it's yeah. his first preseason action. He looked good in the summer league. He played pretty good in the summer league. He was scoring. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a lot different when you have guys like Drew and Giannis alongside you compared to the summer league roster, but the biggest thing I'm, I wouldn't say concerned, but the biggest thing I'm looking to see in the future is how is his offense going to look at the NBA level? Because that's been a problem for us, you know, and I was somebody that was like, this offseason, I I clamored for the Bucks to get more offense. And, you know, with this pick, I was like, okay, maybe you could either trade it to get somebody that can help or you can draft somebody. And they went for more defense. So kind of like you said you were, I was a little bit, little bit skeptical at first of the pick I didn't love it at first but you know Mm -hmm. I've grown to right to feel good about it but I need to see how he's going to perform in the NBA and yeah he might he might not play a lot in year one this year but I want to see I want to see how his first year goes and when he does get that action if he can impress on both ends yeah I'd like to see him too I really do Jordan Awar is a different story he's been with the Bucks for Two years now, right? This is his. This will be his third year. This will be his third year with the Bucks, and it took a while to re-sign him. I don't know what was going on, but we finally did. Now he's back, and now he might have a solid opportunity to showcase what he's got and showcase his improvement so far over this off season, especially with Chris Middleton sidelined. He should have the opportunity to show out, but and if he doesn't. It might be his last chance, and he might be on the trade block come the trade deadline. Because he's probably not going to get opportunities when Middleton and Ingles are both healthy at the forward spot. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And like I kind of said earlier, I do feel like this is kind of the make-or-break thing, and I think the Bucks will have a good idea of it midseason. I think part of the war thing is that it's like, okay, we re-signed him, and if things don't work out, if he's at the bottom of our rotation – at the bare minimum, he's a piece we could look to trade in the thing. But no, they they definitely like him. John Horst praised him throughout the offseason, said that he's a guy they love. So I don't think they just re-signed him with the intention of trading him. I think they want him For to sure. succeed in Milwaukee, and they want to give him a chance. So he's he's going to get a chance to start, but it's just like he, he said he worked on defense this offseason. I want to see it. There were some things in the preseason I liked. There were some things in the preseason I hated. So... I need to see it in an NBA game. I need to see what he's going to do. He's a young sharpshooter with good work ethic. He just got the whole package together. And so I really hope we get to see him at least have the opportunity to do that with the Bucks to start the season with Middleton and Ingles sideline. I will say he does he does have the tools like to to help us out. One of the big things I, you know, all last season I said, "Hey, the Bucks need more bench scoring. The Bucks need more bench scoring." This offseason I was driving the Jordan Clarkson to Milwaukee train. Yeah. You know, I'd wanted that more than anybody. 
and Jordan Clarkson or Jordan Ward is not Jordan Clarkson, but he's a he's a shot creator who can score the basketball in bunches off the bench. So you just can't trust him to do anything else, really. So I'm yeah. hoping that he can take that take that leap in year three where he shows enough as a playmaker, as a decision maker, take smarter shots and just do more than just score the basketball because he could become a rotational piece for us. I don't know. I don't know. It depends what we see, but the, but like I, again, I've been saying this since he got drafted, but the potential is there. This will be his time to show it. Yeah. Jordan Warwick could be that guy, but he's got to show it consistently. We've seen glimpses of his true potential. I love his shooting stroke. It's really, he plays with some sort of finesse and swagger. And I love the jump shot that he has. It's just so smooth, silky smooth jump shot, but we'll see. The Bucks are going to need some offense, especially with Middleton and Ingles out, right? And another guy that can help with that is going to be Drew Holiday. A lot more of the offense is going to be on his shoulders to start the season. And I think he's going to take pride in that. I think he's going to become a much bigger threat offensively bigger than he was last year. And I think that might propel him to earn his second career all-star appearance, maybe this season. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like I just want to say, I feel like he should have got in last year, but uh, that's just, that's just water under the bridge right now. I feel (laughs) like, yes, this early start could, could help him get that nod because the team's going to be without its second leading scorer for the past however many years. So they're going to ask guys to step up and Drew's going to have to be one of those guys. So if he can start this season coming out firing, averaging, you know, 20, 22, 23 points per game, I don't know how long Middleton's going to be out. But yes, I do feel like Drew is going to have to take on some more responsibility. And that could certainly help catapult his all-star case early. It's a long season until that point, but... Mm -hmm. I feel like at some point he's going to get that that nod, and I feel like maybe this season will be it because he's had a case the past two years, and he just hasn't gotten it. And then that's the East is pretty talented with guards, so it's not, not like a good he, guards in the East. It's not like it was just a flat out robbery, but I feel like he'll have another chance this year, and a hot start to the season could certainly help his case. Yeah, for sure. So it's Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez seem like the only locks to start on opening night. That leaves two starting spots left in the lineup on opening night. The Bucks take on the Sixers. Who would be your preference for those two spots? It is tough. I'm getting kind of blindsided by this question. I wasn't there's there's a lot of different routes they could take. I feel like I feel like you you start Drew at the point guard and you throw Grayson Allen as the two guard just because he does have that familiarity there. He had the best season of his career last year in the regular season. He knows what it's like to play with that main group. It'll be good. But at the small forward <laughs> I'm I'm curious if they I feel like not personally knowing Bud, but knowing Bud and what he likes to do, I feel like he might throw Wes in there. Just throw Wes at the at the small forward until Chris comes back for like five games or whatever, just because he is, he's the vet, you know, he's somebody that Bud knows. It's not mm-hmm. like he's going to throw 
Bochamp in there and be like, yeah, hey, sorry, you you got to start for us these first five games. Like, I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to throw West in there. He might not play West significant minutes, but he's a guy he wants out there on the opening tip. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Drew, Grayson, West, Giannis, Brooke. If it was me personally, I'd actually explore the jumbo lineup straight out of the gate. I like, I would stick with Grayson Allen. I choose Grayson Allen to guard over Pat Connaughton and Wesley Matthews. And I guess Marjan Bochamp, if you want to consider him. But yeah, I'd go Drew, Grayson, Giannis at small forward, Bobby Portis at the power forward spot, and Brooke Lopez at center. Just to experiment. I know they experimented it a bit last season and in the postseason, <laughs> but I want to see more of that, at least to start up the season while Chris is out. Because once Chris is back, they're going to go back to the, probably the same starting lineup with Drew, Grace, and Chris, Giannis, and Brooke. But I want to see Portis in the starting lineup there. And then when you have the jumbo lineup to start, you'll have Javon Carter, Pat Connaughton, Wes Matthews, or Jordan Awara, um, and Serge Ibaka off the bench. That would, only- be my, that would be my preference. I don't know if we're going to do that. But I think it's certainly a possibility that they have to consider. Yeah, I thought about saying that, but then I just kind of figured, I don't know. They might do that. That's that's not a bad option. But I just feel like if you bring Bobby into the starting five, your bench scoring is going to take a dip. Because then, like, your leading bench scorer would probably be Grayson Allen. And, I mean, I don't know what his numbers were off the bench last year, but they they were a dip. It was, like, into the single digits, I think, compared to when he was a starter. So, You've got him and Pat. Those are really your two main scorers. War is inconsistent, really. Don't know what Bochamp's going to give you. Ibaka's more of a defensive guy, but he can score a little bit. So that's just kind of my big worry with the jumbo lineup because the reason our bench was so bad last year was because Bobby was a starter. But when Bobby comes off the bench, you've got a guy that can give you 12, 13, 14 off the bench any night. So I feel like with the main lineup, you can put a guy like Wes in there because he's just going to be a shooter. He's just going to shoot and play defense. And you've got other guys like Giannis or Drew, even Allen, who can just score, who can put the points on the board and allow Wes to focus more on defense. Whereas if you put Bobby in there, that's not bad, but you're going to have a lot of guys that can score in the starting lineup and not too many off the bench. So that's just kind of my thoughts. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just think he's going to go with the Drew, Grayson, Wes, Giannis, Brooke lineup for the experience, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. who knows? You know, the jumbo lineup is certainly an experiment, and there's upside and downside to it, especially for the upside offensively. It seemed nice since Bobby and Brooke can both spread the floor and Giannis can initiate withdrew as well but defensively like just thinking of the clogged paint that could occur with Brooke Bobby Giannis and opponents just stretching them out bringing them to the perimeter and or something that's stuck with the Bucks for a while under Budenholzer is teams shooting really well from three-point range against us and that just might make it even worse with three bigs you know on the floor together in the starting lineup so Who knows? We'll see. 
Yeah, that that kind of factored into my decision to put Wes in there over the jumbo lineup is having those three bigs on the floor would be kind of tough for that. Whereas if when your first three guys are Drew, Grayson, and West, that makes it a little easier. Uh, might be a hot take, a little controversial what I'm going to say here. I wouldn't be opposed to a starting backcourt, maybe to start the season. You don't have to do it the whole year of Javon and Drew as the starting backcourt. And that that's not just me getting caught up in the Javon Carter hype of what I've seen since he joined. Like, yes, he's been very good. He's just a guy that fits. Like, Budenholzer loves his two-guard lineups. He ran them throughout the preseason. He ran them last season. Javon just fits in those. Yeah. He's a good shooter, good defender. Him and Drew Holiday are a crazy one-two punch defensively. He can, you know, he can take on some of the ball handling duties so Giannis and Drew don't have to do everything. That was something... We could have used mightily in the Boston series, but of course Javon didn't play for whatever reason. So, but I feel like if Chris is going to miss the first five, ten games, might not be a bad idea. Hey, doesn't Drew and Javon the backcourt sound intimidating, especially from a defensive standpoint? Yeah, and I I don't think their offense would be bad either because Javon's no. been. Javon's been shooting crazy. Javon's not a guy that's got, he averaged like 10.6 points per game in the preseason or something like that. He might not give you that every night, but he's a, he's a decent scorer. He can put points on the board. He's got a, got a nice jump shot. It's been crazy. Like, but it was automatic in the preseason, that little mid range. He's got three pointers. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a guy that could inject something, you know, he's kind of like how I described West. He's not a guy you're really going to rely on for scoring, but with Carter, I feel like he can, he can put points on the board, and that's something that I I wouldn't be opposed to. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to start Carter, but that would also alleviate some of the controversy behind the hub. Oh, who's the backup point guard? Because that would allow Hill to be the backup point guard. But that was just something I was thinking about, my my two cents. I don't think it'll happen, but who knows? Yeah, I, I doubt they will either. But the point is the Bucks have plenty of options to choose, and either way, I think if there's going to be a most improved player on the Bucks this season, it's going to be Javon Carter. It's Carter, yeah. yeah. No, no, if it's anybody, it's got to be him. Yeah. Another question for you. There's not a close second. There's not a close second. Go Agreed. ahead. Another question for you. Is Sandro Mamoukilashvili the best two-way player in the NBA? I'll tell you. What I've seen, I, I was impressed <laughs> from what I saw from him this offseason. I wasn't a big fan. Was last season his rookie season? I think, yeah, last season was his rookie or was it two years? Whatever the case. I haven't been impressed with him in the past, really. There's been the glimpses. But I ha- it kind of like Waro. I haven't seen it all there. But I was impressed what he did this offseason. What I saw in the summer league and when he was playing overseas. Like, yeah. there's there's legit potential there. His shooting is great. Like For a big at, man. It, yes, yes. As a big man, I think he's 6'10", 6'11". At that height. His shooting is good, and that's perfect for the Bucks. You know they love shooting big men, but once again, you got to be able to play defense. His passing is great. He's a great passer, great shooter, great scorer. It's the defense, and we saw I saw signs of the defense in the summer league and overseas. But in the real NBA games, you know, I wonder how he's going to hold up against when he's got to go up against a guy like Joel Embiid or even a guy like Nick Claxton. So. 
the potential is there. I think he is a piece worth keeping an eye on. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get this season because Bobby, Brooke, and Serge are there. Yeah. But I think he'll he'll do good in the herd when he plays there, of course. But I wonder, just I wonder if there's maybe another Christian Wood situation brewing where the mm-hmm. Bucks have this super talented big man that shows all the potential in the world in the G League but doesn't really have a place on their roster. And then he goes somewhere else and he's just really good. That's just kind of what I think when, about him. Maybe I'm just like imagining that, but that's what I see with him. So I'm hoping the minutes are there somehow in some capacity, but I, I really don't think they will be. Yeah, agreed. But man, he's awesome. I love watching Mamu play. Uh, you're right. This is this will be his second year. He was a rookie okay. last year. Okay. This will be his second year on a two-way contract. But it, by the end of the year, I think the Bucks. If the Bucks don't sign him to a standard contract, somebody will. I think next so offseason, he is a standard contract NBA player, not a two-way player in this league. He's gonna get his opportunity, whether it's this year or next. But man, dude's got potential. I was a bit surprised when we didn't sign him to a standard one last year. I believe we had a we had a roster spot open, and I said, yeah, I bet we'll sign Sandro to that because we've kind of done that in the past where we just promote our own guys. And ways, yeah. I believe we signed Rajon Tucker instead. So I was a little surprised that it wasn't Mamu, but it would not surprise me if he got one this year. Correct. Yep. I was surprised too by that. And I think eventually he will be in a roster spot, a standard contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, whether it's later this season or next year. But it'll happen. I'm just going to be patient and keep the grind on. All right. Before we wrap it up, are there any hot takes for the Bucks from you this season? Yeah. my Like I said before, my Javon Carter stardom. I'm start, starting start to Javon? start the season. That's Javon my Carter starter. Maybe that'll be my hot take, but. I don't really have anything too controversial. It's kind of like, you know, I just want to see everybody healthy. I want to see what this team can do when everybody's healthy. I know there's been a lot of the big talk. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Maybe you have a hot take about this. Is is the all the talk on Twitter that the Bucks are too old? That the Bucks are. I saw a thing that the Bucks have more guys over 35 than they do under 25. You know, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, and maybe if you have a hot take that goes along with that you could form them together yeah i mean it is kind of a concern that they're so old but it's a great group of veterans that are eager to win a championship so i don't mind it that's why i loved keeping our first round pick this year because now we have a guy that can learn from all these veterans and take all that with them and so he can use it to become better and he's he's young when he's 21 years old barjan so yeah, I love keeping that pick, but I'm not too worried about their ages just because we have a roster that can win an NBA championship, and that's really all that matters in the end. There's ways that we can make the roster younger, but that's going to affect how this team does, you know, in their pursuit of another championship. Even if it's a guy like George Hill, who is really old and may not contribute this year, if a guy goes down, he may have he may have to be the guy to come in that Bud trusts and get the job done. So 
We'll see. It will be a storyline this season, especially with all these injuries going on with Milwaukee's age. But I don't think – I think it's more of an overreaction than an actual thing. The big thing with me with the draft pick was I wasn't opposed to keeping it and drafting a player, but with Milwaukee's history, their recent history of draft picks, a little skeptical on it. And I want to see what Bochamp does. I'm not going to call him a bust or anything like that until I've seen no. a good sample size of games. But I just need to see it. One of the things I've been saying for the past few months or so, the Bucks need to find their version of Jordan Poole or Tyrese Maxey, that young guy that can come in on a team of veteran players and help them, you know, a guy that's not making a, a max contract, just a young guy that can come in and provide like a spark like those two did for their teams, like the Tyler, Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole, Tyrese Maxey, a guy like that. I don't know if Bochamp can be that guy, but if he could, it would it would certainly help because the Bucks are all their guys are older. They have a lot of older guys, and you just I that's something that I think they need. They need a younger piece like that, and Bochamp could become that guy. I don't know if Wara could become that guy, but they need a younger guy on a cheaper deal to help them out. That's just kind of my philosophy. So I have my fingers crossed that I hope Bochamp can be that guy. Yeah, a spark off the bench would be much needed. And, yeah, I think the Bucks are probably happy where they're at right now. I think they'll probably be a, a one or two seed in the East, top two seed in the East. And we'll see what happens in the postseason. There's a, the East is stacked this year with a lot of good teams emerging. The Cavaliers and the Hawks will be challenges this year. You obviously got the Celtics, the Nets, the Sixers, the Heat, even the Raptors emerging. So the East is stacked, but the Bucks should feel confident in themselves heading into the season with one goal in mind, and that's a championship. And they have the roster to do it. A proven roster full of savvy veterans that are hungry, backed by two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so the path is there. The path is there. The season's starting in one week. Can't wait, Dalton. Can't wait. Pleasure doing this with you again. Can't wait to talk more about the Bucks this season. And we're looking forward to Thursday when the Bucks battle the Philadelphia 76ers in their first game the 2022-23 NBA season. Thanks for joining me, Dalton. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.